including Fire Engineering Magazine and FirefighterToolbox.com. Hello and welcome to the Monarch Human Performance Podcast. I'm your host, John Sillis. Alright guys, really excited to sit down this week and chat with Chief Dan Kerrigan and Captain Jim Moss about all things functional fitness with regards to the fire service. Dan is the co-author of the best-selling book, Firefighter Functional Fitness, and a fire chief for the Upper Providence Township Fire Department in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. He's a 35-year fire service veteran, certified peer fitness trainer, certified group fitness instructor, an advocate for firefighter health and fitness, and international presenter on the topic. He serves as an at-large director for the International Association of Fire Chiefs Safety, Health and Survival Section, where he works regularly with national and international organizations on strategies to improve firefighter health and wellness. Dan is also an adjunct professor at several universities where he teaches fire service administration, leadership, strategic planning and emergency management courses at the graduate and undergraduate level. Jim is a fire captain and paramedic for the Metro West Fire Protection District. A 16-year veteran of the fire service, his passions include leadership, training, mentorship, and fitness in St. Louis County, Missouri. Jim is the best-selling author of the Firefighter Success 20 Cs to Firefighter Excellence and the co-author to Firefighter Functional Fitness. He's also the host of the Firefighter Success podcast, as well as being a contributor to multiple fire service publications, including he shared his message at the FDIC International, Firehouse, International Society of Fire Service Instructors, the National Volunteer Fire Council, International Association of Fire Chiefs, and with fire departments nationwide. In this episode, Dan and Jim talk about the creation of Firefighter Functional Fitness, how they came to write a book and the logistics involved in this, and how they are helping to roll out for health and fitness across multiple fire departments. Good morning, Dan and Jim. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedules. I know you both are very, very busy, um, but I wanted to get you both on the, the podcast. I've seen a lot of stuff you guys have done on Instagram with promoting your book and the work you guys are doing with the firefighter community. So I really want to sit down with you both and just chat to you. Well, we're glad to be here. We love it. Appreciate it. Thank guys. you. Appreciate it. So obviously, like I said there, I've been following you guys for quite some time and you're quite well established in the firefighter community over in the US there. Um, for anyone who hasn't come across you and the work you guys are doing, can you just give us a little bit of background of where you guys you know, started out and where you're currently at with your careers? And I think let's just kick off with uh, yourself, Dan. So for me personally, um, I'm a 35 year or so fire service veteran and I'm currently fire chief and a uh, the municipality just sits about 19 miles or so uh, west of the city center of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and uh, um, try to keep myself busy with uh, growing a, a small department into a, a bigger municipal department like that. Um, uh, I work on the International Association of Fire Chiefs Safety, Health, and Survival section as well, uh, and, you know, trying to push forward our, our health and wellness agenda on a national or even international level. It's just, you know, something I'm very passionate about. And I think that, you know, um, you know, if we're able to use our voices in that manner uh, and get back to the fire service like that, then that's what we should do. Um, as Jim will tell you, we're both, you know, I'm a peer fitness trainer. I'm a group fitness instructor. Um, just try to be, you know, immersed in this aspect of the fire service as much as I can outside of, doing my actual fire chief job and, yeah. and, and all the duties that that entails. So um, I, I guess, is that, is that is that good to start with or you want me to keep going? That, that's <laughs> solid, Dan, that's solid, mate. What yeah, and for, for me, uh, so I have been the fire service for 13 years and I was a paramedic, still I'm a paramedic. I was a paramedic uh, strictly in EMS uh, for three years before that. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a captain now at the uh, Metro West Fire Protection District in St. Louis County, Missouri, in the Midwest of uh, the United States. Um, and love being a, a captain, love being a company officer, having a crew. Um, that's really uh, where I believe I found my niche. Don't want to go anywhere else anytime soon. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, but as it pertains to my fitness journey, uh, you know, ever since college i mean i grew up playing sports but ever since college uh and knowing that i was going to head in the direction of becoming a firefighter uh i started to take my fitness more seriously um and i was originally doing a lot more strength training um and focusing solely on that 
And uh, as Dan and I share in our workshops that we give, and also we share in the book, uh, I was overtraining. I was trying to be a bodybuilder and you can see me right now. I'm not, I don't have that bodybuilder build. I have the ectomorphic slender, thin kind of build naturally. Uh, but I was working out two days a week, uh, muscle groups, you know, twice a week, I should say, and working out six days a week with only one day of rest. So I was really overexerting my muscles and myself. I went to go do a, a dip and then I tore my, my chest muscle, my shoulder injured it bad. Yeah. Um, and then for me as a firefighter, that was a huge wake up call of like, I've got another 20 plus years in the fire service. I need to be really focusing on what's functional, practical, and what is going to produce the most longevity for my career. I don't need to make, I don't need to make my workouts injure me. I need to make sure that they're prolonging my career. And so that's really how my personal focus on functional fitness started. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure Dan and I can talk about how we, we, we met and all that stuff and how firefighter functional fitness was born. Um, but as Dan said, you know, for me, uh, as it comes to my uh, training uh, for, for fitness, I'm a certified personal trainer with the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I uh, have some specializations with that as well. Um, also a pure fitness trainer through the IFF. Um, so yeah, just passionate about fitness like Dan and, and hoping to uh, improve the fire service culture when it comes to fitness and wellness as much as possible. Oh, that's cool. Thank you very much for that, guys. Um, great to hear your backgrounds and how you guys got into the fire service. Um, and couldn't agree with you more, Jim. I think most of us have all come through that background of when we start off, we all did the bodybuilding split routines. You know, we won those tight sleeves and we walked out on the Friday <laughs> afternoon. Um, but then, you know, as you get a bit older, you're like, okay, this is not really carrying over to the stuff I want to do with my day-to-day -day life sort of stuff. Um, so you've got to think that a little bit smarter of how you approach your training. I was wanting to just ask for you guys, you know, what, what led you guys into the fire service? Why did you pursue this as a career path? You know, was it always a burning passion for you guys? Or was there a family history in there as well? For me, um, I, this might be where we differ a little bit, right? I mean, for me, uh, I, I, I think I was almost born in a fire station. Um, my family, uh, especially on my dad's side of the family, uh, is a long history of, of uh, firefighters, both career and volunteer, as well as police officers. So we, <clears throat> you know, I grew up from a very early age, just being um, exposed to that that environment, um, you know, the, the fire stations, you know, whether it was my dad or my cousins or my uncles, whatever, um, just being in the station a lot. Um, I've got pictures, you know, old photographs of myself and my sister, you know, standing on an engine, like we're I was probably, you know, three or four years old standing on the, the step of an engine. And, and it, so for me, it just kind of, I think I, I had to do it. I think <laughs> I, it just never, it was always something that I love to do. I, I, I don't say this a lot, but I, it comes to mind that I remember living in my first house after I was born and being fascinated that the, that the garbage collector trucks, when they came by, was fascinated that the guys could ride on the back of the trucks. And I was right, like, I want to tailboard, <laughs> like, right. Tailboard. Right. And I was like, I want to do that. But then I, you know, I, I, I realized that I'd probably be more interested in doing it as a, as a firefighter. Um, and I actually came through the fire service at a time when we were still riding the tailboard and, and um, doing that sort of thing. So for me, it's it's always been there. Um, it, I don't honestly know what I would do from a practical standpoint, not from a not from a dream standpoint, but from a practical standpoint. I don't know what I would do if I wasn't. I know he, he would be a rock star you, you, if he, if he could would choose be, to. He would well, be a rock I said star. From a practical standpoint, right? I would, <laughs> sure, I would be a rock star or a professional hockey player. We already talked about that. But, That's right. But uh, but but no, it's it's always been uh, uh, just a part of my life uh, from I mean, before I ever even set foot in elementary school. So that's my that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah, my my entry was uh, pretty unique. Uh, I was in college. Um, and all along my life, my, my dad was a lawyer. He worked really hard. He was a workaholic. And, um, you know, he, I talk about him a lot in my firefighter success book about how he inspired me and came along. But <laughs> he always told me, don't ever get, and this is kind of funny, but don't ever get a job that you have to bring your job home with you. 
Um, and that's kind of, he always laid those seeds within me. Uh, and, and it's kind of funny. He's like, okay, so don't ever become a lawyer. Don't ever become this. Don't ever become that. So that was kind of like, don't ever become a fire chief thing either. Right? There you go. Good, good advice. Stick with company officer then. Okay. There you go. There you go. Um, so it was kind of unique. I was actually in college, um, and I was actually going to become a high school Spanish teacher. Um, so, and I do have a degree in Spanish. So I was in college and I was like, dad, I don't know about me being a high school Spanish teacher. And he's like, well, um, and thank God, uh, you know, I was blessed that he paid for my college education. And he's like, well, I don't care what you do after college, but you're going to finish college and uh, you're going to get your degree. So I actually finished my Spanish degree, did a study abroad and, and did all that. Uh, but while I was in college, I was like, you know, I really want to become a firefighter. Um, you know, I love um, I love the hands on kind of labor. I love helping people. I love being outside. I love changing environments. Um, so and I, I definitely don't want to have no no uh, no offense, Chief Dan Kerrigan, but I do not want a desk job uh, where mm -hmm. I'm uh, Monday through Friday behind a desk, uh, you know, nine to five, as we say. Uh, I do not want that. So I wanted. I can else. guarantee you that my, I don't have a nine to five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's longer. It's longer. And I do. I'm actually listening to a, a mutual aid call right now, thinking I should be. Probably, I'm, I wish I could go down the street to this building fire, but this is. Well, if you need to, I'll handle. No, no, me. I'm good. To get, no, it's nonsense. I was already right. listening to it, so. So, I still and, go. I yeah. Still go. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of my entry is like, I, that's how I focused on becoming a firefighter is I transitioned from thinking I was going to be a high school Spanish teacher all the way over to, you know, getting my EMT license and getting in the EMS side of things and knowing I was going to try and be a career firefighter. Uh, and that's really how it all started for me. No, that's cool. That's cool to hear your stories, guys. And then obviously you guys are separate out so uh yourself jim you're over in missouri and dan mm -hmm. you're just outside of philly um how did it come that you guys both met up and you know, started working together yeah i guess i'll handle this one uh so we actually were posting um uh, things on twitter uh about making fitness more functional uh for firefighters and also just posting about the importance of drawing more awareness to the importance of fitness for firefighters that it's a requirement uh, for every firefighter uh whether career volunteer whatever uh fitness is incredibly important and, and so we were posting those kind of things separately and dan actually reached out to me direct messenger one day this was back in 2014 is that right dan 2014 it's been yes. a while yeah 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 yep. So that was back in 2014 and, and he reached out to me. He's like, what do you think about uh, uh, writing an article together? And, you know, we didn't know each other, but, you know, we were both separately posting stuff that we agreed with, you know, uh, and we had the same mindset and mentality uh, of, of the importance of, of fitness for firefighters. And so we started with that. Uh, and what became of, of that initial article was uh, an article for Fire Engineering Online. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's called the four fundamentals of firefighter functional fitness. So yeah, yeah that's that how it was, started. That was so sort of how of, it was born. And, you know, a lot of F's in there, there right? a lot yeah. of F's in there, but no, that was uh, actually their most yeah. popular article that year, I believe. And so we're kind of like, we got something here. Um, and it laid out the, the, what's in the book as the four pillars, uh, of firefighter functional fitness, uh, that we write about in the book, uh, that's physical fitness rest and recovery, hydration and nutrition. Those are our four pillars uh, that we're teaching firefighters. But uh, that's how it started. Um, and then we said, okay, well, let's do an eight part online series uh, because we have a concept called the big eight, which that really breaks down the physical fitness part, our pillar uh, for firefighter functional fitness. And that's core strength, flexibility, cardio. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last five are the functional strength categories, pushing, pulling, lifting, carrying, and dragging, all movements that uh, firefighters do. And so we started writing this, this eight-part online uh, article series for Firefighter Toolbox. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're like, you know what? <laughs> we, we, I think we got through core strength and we started on core strength and we were moving into flexibility or something like that. And I said, Dan, I think we got a book here. And that's literally how it started that organically. And uh -huh. we moved on from there. And 
whew, uh, yeah, you know, right. 320 pages later, you know, five, pa- uh, five years later, 50 countries, the books in teaching at, you know, over probably like 30 states now in the United States, Dan's taught over in the UK and holy cow, it's, it's really morphed into something we never thought. I remember toward the end of the, the writing process thinking we have to, we have to stop this somewhere. We can't, cause we, there's so much information and we feel like we found such a, like a hole in, in, in the fire service where, where we, and I remember saying like, I don't understand why, how is it that we thought of this, that, that nobody's approached this topic yet, but we could have just continued to write and write and write, you know, the table of contents kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's at some point we need to stop and actually publish this thing. Yeah. We um, got to send our baby off to college kind of yes. thing. You know? We have to be done raising our baby and we have to, you know, I send guess it off to college. I guess that's what happens when you're passionate about something, but yeah, that's, uh, it's been quite a journey. Yeah. No, that's cool guys. And that, that brings me on nicely to my next question. Cause obviously when I first came across you guys, I saw a lot of stuff that was going on with the book. Um, and you know, there's many people out there who really have the ambition to write a book, but obviously you guys have, you know, put it down in writing, got it actually published through. So I think a lot of people will be keen to know what was that process like of just, you know, you started out initially saying you were just writing like just articles and then you decided you like, right, let's move on, do the book as a whole. What was that process like, you know, from developing the concept through to a full big project and then like all the logistics that goes with it with, you know, drafting, <laughs> publishing? Uh, well, well I'll, I'll answer some of that, but I think Jim could probably add some more with the logistical part of it. But I, I think for us, we're very blessed with the fact that we not only align with our vision and our, and our passion, but with our work ethic as well. And Jim and I have always had this truly 50-50 split in work and what we do uh, in, 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 our, in, our, in our book and our teaching and everything. So um, I, I don't want to say it was easy, but it, it came for me very naturally to once we laid out the, the sort of the groundwork of the book, the the, the draft table of contents, this, the high level subject matter that we were going to talk about, even within the subject matter, there's an even higher level of passion for certain aspects of it, right? So we just decided to take the approach that I'm going to take this chapter and you're going to take that chapter and, and I'll write on it and you write on yours. And then we just, it was literally online trading back and forth um, documents that ended up being our draft manuscript chapters. And so I would write something, spend however long it was. We didn't pr- pressure each other, rush each other. Uh, some chapters are more in- involved than others, obviously. And when I was done or felt like I was at a point where I wanted his input, I would send it to him. And I would wait for him to send me what he was writing on. And I would get into it and say, how about this? What about that? We should add this. Uh, you know, along the way, there's research, there's you know, you're looking for those credible sources. You're looking for that kind of back, that background information that that puts your inf- your writing over the top, if you will. Right? Like, I'm not just giving you my opinion on this. Like, here's also science and data and so forth. And and that's kind of how we did it. We just really punted things back and forth to each other, chapter by chapter. And then at the end, we just kind of blended it all together. And then, you know, really after that, it was about editing the book in terms of its approach or its point of view, like how am I actually talking to you when you're reading the book? And, and then at that point, we, we used our, our book publisher a little bit for his, his input on that. And, you know, we, we wrote it, we thought it was great, of course, when we were done, you know, because we had edited so much and then we kind of went back and rewrote it again a second time, but only in terms of like the point of view and all that. And so I don't know what it takes six, seven months from, Beginning yeah, I think, I think uh, well, I think actually writing the manuscript was probably about six or seven months yeah. from going back then and forth. And then we, re- then we let it sit and then we restructured it, um, like mm-hmm. Dan said, to make it flow a little bit better. Um, uh, because as you can tell from the book, I talked about the four pillars um, and the big eight that's kind of in the front loaded in the beginning. And then we also have these additional resources or bonus chapters that are both for the individual firefighter and for fire departments and for organizational leaders within, you know, the administrative leaders within a fire department too, uh, which are extra resources for them as well. So it's not just 
you know, how to get fit for a firefighter or how to, you know, manage your weight or anything. There's so much more at the tail end of the book that people don't realize when they first buy it. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, like, you know, six, seven months to, to write it. And then since it's well, remember, we eventually, we were like, we were like, we probably should actually meet in person at some point. Yeah. We, had, we hadn't met maybe, yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should come down and, and, and we, we actually did a, a what a long weekend of, yeah. basically working out all weekend for eight, yeah, so eight that, or 10 hours. That's what I was going to say is that we yeah, took, so. we took uh, you know, hundreds, <laughs> I mean, literally hundreds of photos, hundreds of videos of all the movements that we talk about and present in our book. Uh, and so, and we had to make sure that I, that's the other thing is that we wanted to make sure that we were the ones in the book demonstrating these movements, these exercises. It wasn't just some, you know, fitness model, although it probably would have given more mass appeal if we had better fitness models in the book, oh, but you know, it, it might give it a little bit more. Well, you're sort of a fitness model. That. I'm not. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Silver Fox over here. Anyway, um, so you had all those photos uh, included in it. And that's a whole nother, you know, just making sure you have the right photos. And, and logistically, I mean, it's a lot. But if you're passionate about something, you'll get it done. And I, to have a great teammate like Dan and, and we had, you know, our publisher, Firefighter Toolbox, was uh, super helpful in guiding us on how to format it and everything and, and get it out there. Uh, so, yeah, it was a long process, but it, it was worth it, you know, and I, uh, I would speak for Dan and, and say we're really proud of what we put out. Um, and yeah. I think the results speak for itself of, of its, its mass appeal all over the world. I was, I was being, um, I don't know, maybe I was being too, uh, pie in the sky when I, when I used to say to these guys in the process that like, you know, this book is going to quote unquote, sell itself. And the people that buy it are going to sell it for us as long as it, it's a quality product. And I truly firmly believe that. Like I, I could tell you all day about how great it is, but what else am I supposed to say? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the authors. So of course I'm going to do that, but I was so, so passionate about, you know, as Jim was about making sure that the product was quality and useful. And I like to think, you know, timeless. I mean, the, the information and the way we wrote it in there, is not really going to change. Um, I don't see the approach changing. I don't see the, the needs changing in terms of overall firefighter health and wellness in the next 5, 10, 15 years. It's, it's valid information now. It's going to be valid information 10 years from now. Maybe there'll be new, new data or a new, a new study that came out, but the way the book's written, it's, it's timeless in my, in my mind. So that's kind of really, I think, something I'm most proud of if you, if you look at it that way. No, that's cool, guys. And I mean, obviously, you got together online initially, and then obviously you had your face-to-face -face, uh, stuff as well. But you did a lot of the groundwork there. You did the extensive writing. You know, you got your photos and that done as well. What was it like then, you know, going, seeking out a, a publisher to help you get this published, you know, edited up and that as well? you approach a number of publishers or just one you approached what was that initial process like yeah so uh i was actually writing online articles for firefightertoolbox.com and so that that is our publisher and so that was already the niche um that we went with uh we decided to go with with firefighter toolbox because they had always always stood in our corner um, when it comes to, and Dan's, you know, shared different articles with them. And, and also, um, you know, we've been on podcasts with David Solar on Firefighter Toolbox. So we really didn't quote unquote shop around or, or present it to anyone else. Um, we, we knew that that was the right direction to go in. Uh, we definitely wanted a more hands-on smaller uh, and more independent publisher as opposed to a, a bigger one, just to give us, you know, more of that attention and, and hands-on feel with it. So that, that's how it, it organically went that way, because like I said, it started as an eight-part online article series that we were just going to put out, right, through firefightertoolbox.com. <laughs> there you go. But then, I mean, it, it came became what it is now. Uh, so, yeah. so we're grateful for that, and I, I wouldn't change that. That's awesome, guys, and uh, I very much like your your model and skills there, Dan, of the book. <laughs> <laughs> this one's old; it's got all creased up and whatnot, like it like it should be. If you get this book, 
it should live in your gym bag or something like that, right? Not on your coffee table. So, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you then, guys, because obviously um, once the book was, you know, written, it was published and that, like, what was it like getting out there throughout the community as well? Because I know the, the scope of, like, physical health and wellness and that has just gone a real big push uh, over the last few years as well within the firefighter community and, like, organizations trying to look after its people as well so what was it like once you had that book published just trying to get that message spread out for departments yeah you know for me i mean and jim can certainly weigh in here but for me i think initially i was i had uh, a bit of an adjustment just because of you know i i had i don't want to say i had low expectations but i i, I think i was trying to keep myself very grounded on the, the success of this project, you know, it means a lot to Jim and I, but I also joked that I'd be happy if my sister bought a copy, you know, and sold one copy of the book, you know, so when, when it almost immediately became sort of bigger than what we, we expected it to be, right, which is very gratifying, but it's also something you have to kind of come to terms with and adjust to, and then, so for me, it was like, well, we have people like, that are starting to come at us now for more, more information, more, you know, this is really great, you know, and, and getting those connections and all that. So, you know, going to the different conferences and national conferences and, and teaching off of the book and teaching, you know, different aspects of it, not necessarily the whole book, depending on how long you have to speak, but, you know, teaching those things and then talking to Jim about, you know, developing what we now have as our workshops that we can actually go to you. We can, like I, we, we will come to Scotland and we'll come to your fire department and we will, we will deliver a, an in-person live workshop that you'll get, we believe to be amazing information and hands-on stuff and all that um, was re that really is what excited me after the book came out was actually being able to build out those, those uh, workshops and then have people actually say, yeah, we want you to come. And we, you know, we, we were like, wow, really? You know, and, and, and like, so we started going to the fire departments and the organizations and we started teaching off of it. And since then we've, you know, we've added a lot of information to the arsenal, if you will, not just the two or two or three main, you know, workshops, but we've also taken those workshops and we've gotten them accredited for, you know, for trainers to get con ed credits to recertify their certifications and just try to add more and more value right now is what we're trying to do to what we, what we can provide. And, and so um, I'll let Jim add to it, but I, I, that's actually one of the most enjoyable aspects aside from these podcasts and interviews is to actually get out there and, and meet the people that have been so supportive of us in person. I'm, I'm beyond grateful and humbled by, by that kind of uh, response. And, and, you know, I think Jim would tell you, we want everybody to know that, you know, we've never not answered anybody. We've never not responded to anybody. We just, we're just firefighters that want to help. And so it's been an incredibly humbling experience to get out there and actually like deliver this stuff in person and interact with people and all that. So, yeah, I, I would say, you know, the book's been out five years and we published that first article we talked about for fire engineering, what, six years ago, I'd say. And I'd say it was right about that point, you know, whether we had a part in it or not, I would like to say that we hopefully did, but I would say that, you know, the, the, the tide was rising for the firefighter fitness and wellness culture to start improving, at least in the United States. Um, so, you know, there, that meant having more, uh, you know, speakers, uh, more classes at national and regional fire conferences, uh, speaking about firefighter fitness and wellness, um, having books come out, you know, whether it's firefighter functional fitness or a different book, um, having more podcasts starting about, you know, firefighter fitness. So I think it's just been an, an, a grassroots organic movement over the last, you know, six years or so. Uh, hopefully we've, we've, you know, played a part in that, but uh, I think it's just the more people that can join in, to bring awareness and help firefighters yeah. improve their, their fitness and their health, you know, we're, we're all for it. So, you know, we'll support anybody and, and hopefully they support us too. And, you know, our method might not speak to a certain person where, where someone else's might speak to someone else, uh, you know, in a certain way. Uh, but whatever works for each person, that's what we want to support. And that's what we're all about. I, and I, and I think that, you know, 
and I don't want to downplay the importance of speaking to organizations and fire chiefs and, and agencies, but, but I, I would, I would say that the, the, the biggest hole that we, I think we try to fill is that we're trying to talk to you individually as a firefighter to take personal responsibility and accountability for your health and wellness, because I mean, it's a little different over there in, in the UK, but here we have no national mandate on any of that. We have no regulation from the federal level or anything like that that says you will do this, this, and this if you want to be a firefighter. It is really up to, it's a trickle down. So if your organization takes it seriously, that's great, but it's not an excuse for you not to take it seriously, even if your organization doesn't, right? And so we really, really tried to speak as firefighters first to firefighters and say, you can do this on your own. It's not that difficult. Here are some ideas about how you can get started, right? In the UK, they have the sort of opposite problem, which I would rather have their problem, right? That they have this national standard on, on fitness over there, but they apparently have a difficult time getting buy-in for that or explaining all that, why it's important because they don't have the data to back it up, uh, so, so to speak. Well, unfortunately in the United States, we have more than enough data on firefighter fatalities due to our own poor health. It's embarrassingly a lot. So it's a shame that we have all this information and we're still having to do this to get people to, to adjust and, and make improvements. But, you know, if you speak to the firefighters and you speak in firefighter speak and you keep it simple and let them move on, I think you can, you're well on your way to being successful in a lot of cases. That's, that's cool guys. I mean, here in the UK, yeah, Things are slowly changing with how uh, departments work as well. Um, like you say, it's very much governed from the national level, but there is a lot of work going on behind the scenes. I know mm -hmm. from governing bodies with like local universities as well, doing more and more research into it to try yeah. and help the fire departments that push on. Um, I was going to say, obviously, you guys out the book got picked up was well received, and that and now you're running classes for guys as well. When did the, the concept of classes come up to you guys? Was it saying? you guys just organically thought up or was it something you were approached with and said, Hey, Jim, Dan, we need you guys here on site. I don't know that anybody reached out to us and asked us to come. Uh, I, I think we, I think it was just a sort of a natural progression of things. Like it was probably maybe three or four months after the book, the book went out there that we had some, just like this, some discussions about, you know, we should probably put together some training on this and see how it flies, you know, and, 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 and so we did. And, and, uh, and, you know, it, it's turned out pretty well. It wasn't probably much more than less than a year after the book came out that we were actually out delivering, um, delivering some workshops and, and uh, getting our feet wet with that and improving on that. And, and to the point now where I think we've got a pretty, I'll be honest with you. I said, we have, we're pretty damn good uh, lineup of, of, classes that that we can offer but um it wasn't that anybody asked us to do it i think it was just sort of a natural like hey the book's kind of doing pretty well more than i thought it would we we should we should kind of you know dovetail off of that and and get out there and see if people want us to come and they and they did and uh, it's again it's it's about your quality of work and and we mostly we we organically uh we organically like share this stuff we don't spend a tremendous amount of funds actually promoting um our our services like we just we just like say we put it out there jim will put it jim does all this work on me so credit to him but put it out there on facebook or instagram or twitter or whatever and i take and i'll share stuff on linkedin and kind of hit a different a different crowd there if you will right Some, you know the more the higher level folks at the organizational level and we we put it out there and uh, we People ask us for information, we send it, and uh, sometimes we're lucky enough to have them invite us out to their places and we come and do it. Yeah, and I think also naturally, Dan and I are teachers, trainers, and instructors, mm -hmm. uh, and so we were already navigating towards teaching at fire conferences, such as FDIC yeah. and other, uh, you know, smaller regional conferences as well, and so that, from there, that's how we grew it out to where we have a two-day program that's 16 hours long 
Um, and, you know, now, like Dan said, we can provide co continuing education um, for peer fitness trainers or other fitness professionals as well. So, yeah, it was a natural uh, snowball effect, uh, like everything else we've done. That's uh, a good we, point, though. That's a good point that you bring up that, that, you know, being out there on the teaching circuit or getting involved in that. And it's like, well, if, I, if I'm going to go do that, because that's a natural progression for me, then why not? talk about and teach about something that I have expertise and passion about, you know, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I could go teach about, um, you know, ground ladders and, you know, and I'm not saying that's not important, but I could go do that. But I, this is what, this is us. This is, I think this is what people expect of us now. I think we, we do it. I hope like to say that we do a really decent job of staying in our lane, um, which is important to me. I don't really ever want to come off as a, you know, that jack of all trades, master of none in the fire service. I think there are people that do things a certain way and they do them well and they, and that's what we want from them. And we can get different information from other people that do that well. And I think as long as we, we stay modest like that and humble like that, I think we'll hopefully continue to be able to help people. Yeah. That's cool guys. And obviously you mentioned there, uh, Jim, you run it as a two day, 16 hour total workshop so what, what what's the the breakdown of the the curriculum and stuff of the workshop so if i was to turn up on day one you know for the workshop what what could guys expect to go through yeah um so we started off with with talking about the importance obviously of of firefighter fitness and and what firefighter functional fitness is all about how we define it uh, we have the audience give their input as well of what they define it and what how they view it um, then we dive into all of the risk factors, cardiovascular risk factors as well, especially um, that it's we the face. gut check section. Yeah, that's we call that the gut check se section. Yeah. And, and just make it real um, that yeah. the real stressors uh, that we face as, as firefighters, our bodies face um, as firefighters, and why physical fitness isn't only important but it's essential, it is required, it is mandatory. Every firefighter has to have it. Um, and so we really break that down in the beginning and, and stress the importance of, uh, and convince people of why it is so important uh, to be fit for, for duty, fit for the job. Uh, and then we move on to the fun stuff, right? Uh, we move on to our big eight concept first. The first pillar is physical fitness and we move on to the big eight concept. And so it's a lot of fun because instead of words on a page or a picture on a page in the book, we actually get to do the interactive hands-on physical fitness. So, I mean, like I said before, our big eight concept, we start off with core strength and then we move into cardiovascular capacity. Then we move on to flexibility. And so within each one of those, uh, we talk about whatever is in the book. We talk about that and we might expand upon it a little bit more. Uh, but we do the exercises and, and, and we show people different ways to do things that maybe they're not used to. Um, and uh, we move on from there for the rest of the big eight concept. And that's typically a day and a half of doing all those things. When it's a two day workshop and we have pure fitness trainers or our fitness professionals in the class with us, we actually- Which is not required by the way. I mean- No, it is not required. Any firefighter can attend. Yeah. But we, we have, we break up the class into groups and, and we say, okay, um, we're going to break you up into where we have maybe three to four groups. The group one is, okay, you're going to create workouts for this section. You're going to create a workout for a firefighter who has no idea what to do with their fitness. And then we have a, we have a group say, okay, here's a moderate, you can have a moderate client or firefighter with their level of fitness, create a workout for them within this. And then the last group, hey, you have a functionally fit firefighter. They are top tier. You can challenge them, create a workout for them. And we actually have all the groups. We do those workouts, you know, not only as instructors, but all everybody in class does the workouts that they create. And sometimes when they create these workouts, they're like, oh, I shouldn't have created this. <laughs> you know, it's too hard or, you know, they, they didn't think about it. So and that's a good learning lesson, too, is that having the fitness trainers within the class think about, you know, rest intervals and, and what exercises they're doing. Are they putting two exercises back to back that shouldn't be back to back? They should stagger them. So all different concepts that we need, need to be thinking about within our own workouts as well. 
Um, but that's the first day and a half of, of the really, really fun stuff of doing the hands-on stuff. And then we also talk about the other four pillars, other three pillars, I should say, uh, that we mentioned in the book. So recovery and rest, talking about active recovery, talking about uh, passive recovery, the importance of sleep, all those different things. And we also talk about uh, nutrition uh, and hydration, which is incredibly important. You know, we, we, we say, you know, 80%, 90% of your fitness journey is probably tied to uh, nutrition, which is the hardest for everyone, for sure, without a doubt. Um, so we really stress that. And we give a really simple yet comprehensive approach to nutrition instead of making it overcomplicated or highly individualized um, for, for an individual. So that's, that's the breakdown of the two-day workshop. Obviously, we have you know time for rest and lunch and all that good stuff like that. Um, but it's it's super interactive. We have a lot of humor, uh, a lot of humor, a lot humor of fun, a lot of videos and, and stuff yeah. that might poke fun at uh, certain things, including ourselves. We poke fun at ourselves uh, with, with certain things, which you have to. Yeah. Um, but people leave uh, a little, maybe a little sore, but uh, but definitely energized, and uh, everybody seems to have a great time that that come. I love it because it's a it's and we do we can do a condensed you know an eight hour version of that too where it's just one day and we we just you know it, it really just depends on how deeply we can get into those modules you know depending on how long you have us there but it's 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 a class where you 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 come in your in your gym clothes and your sneakers and you're not sitting down long uh, at any point other than maybe for the first hour hour and a half of, of when we open up you know we're we're sixty five thirty five. 70 30 you know practical participation and and just getting into it and interacting and listening to people and you know uh, it's it's so wonderful to see other people offer their ideas and um share their experiences and we will play off of that we'll you know um but it's it's a it's well worth uh, you know of course i'm going to say it's well worth it um and and it's a i think like jim said it's a it's an incredible experience and um you know, it's hopefully people leave with a knowledge of uh, and a confidence that at nothing, if nothing else, that each of those four pillars, you know, when you leave a, one of our workshops, you should be leaving with at least one area of improvement personally mm -hmm. for each of those four pillars that you can immediately start today. And I'm going to make one small change here in physical fitness, uh, one small change in hydration, one small change in my rest and recovery methods and one small change in my nutrition that you can achieve little successes and build from there. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, that's why I enjoy it so much. It's so much fun to just be out there uh, interacting with people. That's awesome, guys. And I mean, from my own experiences on workshops and courses, like I think you guys have got a great uh, process there. There's nothing worse than going on a course of, you know, physical training. It's all just theory-based of sitting there and you never go up and actually get to implement. So yeah. That's yeah awesome. all, all we do in our classes, we just look at the, the screen and read from the PowerPoint and we never get people up out of their seats. Yeah, not really. Yeah. How can you <laughs> teach a class about fitness and wellness and not actually, you can't like legitimately, you can't do that. You've got to, you've got to get people up and moving and motivated. And once you start doing that, there's constant engagement there there's throughout the whole two days there's i mean even in breaks they're doing breaks there's breakout groups that are talking about things asking questions it's just such a it's a very inclusive environment uh it's you know you we don't force you to do anything you do things at at your level of participation that you want to do based on your your level of conditioning and all that there's no shaming or anything like that it's positive 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 Let's have fun and let's learn something. Oh, that's cool, guys. And I mean, I, I can't remember right, if you were saying there at the start as well. Obviously, you've developed the course now. So is it accredited now, you're saying, for continual education stuff for a couple of bodies or is it in the process of going that The American Council on Exercise, which is the governing body that, that oversees like the peer fitness trainer program and a lot of other mm -hmm. uh, personal trainer uh, like like i'm a group fitness instructor through ace right so so um those are certifications that require you know every two years or require a certain amount of uh continuing education credits and so that's that's where we went with that so you, you don't have to be a pure fitness trainer per se but if you are if you are an ace personal trainer or 
you know, an ACE group fitness instructor or whatever, if it falls into one of those categories where you need um, con ed, then we, we provide that for, for those folks as well. So, um, which I think is, you know, for the fire service, it's incredible. The, the value added to, to that, um, it costs money to get recertified. Um, a lot of times we hear stories about how fire departments will, will sponsor some individuals to go and get their certification. And then they, they don't follow through with it. They don't support the recertification the, they don't put the, the funds and the efforts into keeping their people certified. And, and th then it comes back to you as an individual again, right? Do you want to sit at your computer and read a magazine article and answer a quiz question for 0.1 credits and do that over and over and over again just to get your credits? Or do you want to come uh, have us come and really learn something, really add to your, your, your library of knowledge, if you will, and get something out of it that you can use personally and help, help everybody else? So that's what we offer. We like to think that anyway. We, we offer that. Awesome. And I mean... How's it running for you guys now? Do you guys have any courses lined up or is COVID uh, generally knocked down the head for you guys at the moment? COVID yeah, definitely, uh, it de definitely put a wrench in things uh, for a uh, yeah, hands-on yeah. physical fitness type <laughs> of class. Uh, yes, without a doubt. But uh, yeah, everything's starting to uh, come back. Uh, we actually have a, a, a two-day workshop where we're going to be giving in the spring, summer uh, for my fire department. Uh, and Dan's, uh, Dan's the guy who lines up all the, the workshops. I do the social media. He does all the uh, workshop uh, legwork. And it's good that we do it that way because we wouldn't, we wouldn't switch that uh, for, for anything. I think we, we like Dan said, we stay in our lane with our different things, but uh, Dan, Dan has a handle on all the stuff. He just doing all that stuff. Yeah, we, we, um, we had some things lined up that unfortunately had to be postponed. Um, uh, I just recently started reaching out to some of those departments that we were sort of in process with. And, and it's really a matter of accommodating their wishes in terms of when they're ready to get in person again and do those things. Uh, we, we, we will always adhere to any regulations you have locally, um, make sure that we, we take care of that. But yeah, we'll be going back to, down to St. Louis area pretty soon and we'll have a workshop here uh, right near me um and i've got two or three or four other ones that i've been actively talking to just trying to get scheduled and and uh you know we, we actually snuck down to south carolina when last september when covid like actually dipped down to a pretty low level um we got a two-day workshop in down there and trained a great group of uh, uh peer fitness trainers in the in the spartanburg uh greenville area um so that so we snuck one in down there um, before it spiked up again for the holidays. But we're ready to go. We're ready to go at any point when anybody wants us. Like Jim says, we will go anywhere where a plane, a train, or a car, or a boat will take us. Um, you get us there, and we'll give you a good. We'll give you a good product. I promise that. Awesome, awesome stuff, guys. Now, um, obviously, you guys are very active in the physical field and that, and obviously you've put out the book. But I was just curious for you, what you guys engage in for your own professional development. And I always ask everyone who comes on the podcast, you know, what they're engaged in for their own education. So on that, could you guys give me a, a book, an app or website recommendation you personally found useful in your own education or development? Uh, I, yeah, I'll speak for myself. What uh, I don't know if I'll necessarily speak to a book or an app or anything like that. But what what I will, what I am currently focusing on, and you know, we're all in different places. What I'm focusing on, and Dan will uh, give me trouble for this, is actually riding up as a shift chief um, and and being a battalion chief, uh, as we call it, you know, within my shift. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm focusing on, training on right now. So uh, taking more incident command type classes and everything. Uh, and so I know Dan's going to give me trouble for that because he's always like, you need to go to the National Fire Academy. You need to do this. You need to do that. Um, uh, <laughs> but like I said, I like being a captain right now. Uh, and and But I know it, it will better serve my fire department if I can ride up and, and serve in that role too. Uh, even if it means, you know, not cooking dinner, not working out with my guys at the station, you know, and, and, and having meals with them, you know, I guess I'll, I'll do that to write up as a, a shift chief every now and then. You can still do that. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, becoming as proficient as you can at your current level where you're at 
and always training up to the next level and, 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 you know, and just being prepared for that and whatever ceiling that you set for yourself, that's what you set for yourself. It's, that's, that's the way I've always looked at it. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, I won't bust sure. on you too much. Yeah. So, that. so for me, it's not so much a, a book or an app or anything like that. It's more so uh, I really believe in mentorship and, and just soaking up as much knowledge and info so that I'm doing that for my battalion chief. And, um, you know, just that's my focus right now is that informal education, if you will. So I, I am going to, he probably ain't going to like this, but I'll give you two things, right? Because I kind of agree with Jim and his approach, right? So, uh, but I will give you a book. I'll tell you that for anybody that, that wants to be successful in the fire service, they ought to get Jim's new book. <laughs> and he can tell because it's a, I swear a, this a, wasn't planned this wasn't planned I, I'm being honest when I say that and I was proud to be a small part of that and 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 work with him on it but it's he he put together an amazing book on just some practical uh advice on how to be how to have a successful fire service career and I think that that's you know for anybody uh I don't care if you're a rookie or a fire chief I think there's information in there that would benefit everybody so I know he, that was a, a, he didn't plug me on that or anything, but I'm just being serious about it. But, you know, for me, I think it's, it's, I'm at a point now where I'm, even though I always try to be a rookie at something, I think it's important that all of us are always a rookie at something. For me, that, that is more about learning more about how to navigate the, the challenges at the fire chief level, which really, um, if you have good company officers and, a good staff officer core and you let them do their job, then it allows me to do my job in terms of working with the, the, the elected officials and the administrators and the, the grant writing and all the other stuff that they count on me to do to bring the funds in, to move us forward, to share a vision of what's this fire department supposed to look like in the next five years. And, and with that also, I would say that, that I get the most enjoyment out of actually just giving paying it forward by giving back to, to being able to participate in um, like right now I'm involved in the national fallen firefighters foundation research agenda symposium again for the second time. And to be, to be a part of that and to be a, a part of the health and safety work group uh, to, to shape what research in the fire service is supposed to look like for the next four years down the road is incredibly gratifying and, and humbling to me. And I think that, we all owe it to the fire service to give that, that effort back. Um, I mean, I I'm successful uh, in my own mind, like, you know, to a certain point because of what other people did for me. And uh, so I get a lot of enjoyment right now about uh, out of, out of doing that, out of serving on the, the SHS board as a director out of, out of, you know, speaking on their behalf and doing those things to, to advance firefighter health and wellness and safety um, because that's what people did for me. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's really where I'm at is just learning about how to do my job better at this level and, and just taking every opportunity when somebody asks me for help to try to help, help them as best I can and kind of be the mentor, like I had mentors and, and, um, do it that way. Obviously it's been great chatting to both of you guys. I've made a ton of notes here. I'm going to have carpal tunnel syndrome by the end of the session. <laughs> hey, rest the recovery. Rest that wrist. <laughs> Obviously, I think for anyone listening, guys, you're going to get a lot from this episode and like for the, the journeys you both guys have had and, you know, publishing the book and the, the message you guys are getting out there. For anyone who wants to, you know, reach out and connect with both of you guys or find out a little bit more about you guys, you know, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, website is always the best. So firefighter functionalfitness.com uh, is our website. Uh, if you need to contact, contact us through that, you can. Uh, you can also follow our social media through that. Uh, I'll give that right now. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our social media handles is at firefighterffit. So at firefighterffit. Um, and we're posting stuff every single day, whether it's workouts, whether it's motivation, whether it's you know tips on this or that. Uh, so we're always out there for that. Um, like we said before, you know, you can go to our website, check out our book, preview it, preview it. You can download our special report, which is a free download, 10 Biggest Mistakes Firefighters Make With Their Fitness. Um, so that, that's a great document uh, that you can download, print out, 
leave on the table at the station and guys can thumb through it or put it up on the, on the board and uh, guys can read it. Um, and a lot of good tips in there. Uh, if you wanna learn more about our workshops, we also have more information on our website about our workshops. If you wanna host one, your fire department wants to host one, uh, we can get you more information with that. Uh, but other than that, uh, our, our email is firefighterfunctionalfitness at gmail.com is our easiest email. And that will go to both Dan and I. And if you have any questions whatsoever about anything at all, like Dan said, we'll get back to you. No problem. Uh, we love Always. talking about this stuff. And uh, obviously, we'll talk your ear off if, if you allow us <laughs> to. So uh, uh, we're just passionate about it. We just want to create a healthier fire service, one firefighter at a time. That's our mission. And, and any way we can do that, we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and one other thing I would add is uh, head to YouTube. Um, you yeah. know, we, we have a we have a you have to go on YouTube and just go in the search and just type in firefighter functional fitness and you will you will see that we have a YouTube channel with what nearly 400 different exercises, circuits, workouts, mm -hmm. uh, all videos of whether it's with fire equipment or kettlebells or, or Our whatever body weight. it is, yeah. body weight. Um, it's all free. If you have a question or a, a yeah, I never heard of that exercise before. What is, how do you do that? Well, likely it's on our YouTube channel where one of us has demonstrated it. Right. So it's all free stuff. It, it just for the taking, you can subscribe to that. And uh, you know, it's all cataloged nicely in different uh, sections, if you will. Um, and uh, like Jim said, do not hesitate to reach out to us mm -hmm. at any point. Um, you know, we, we really do love the interaction. We really do. And, and if it comes through email, Jim and I are kind of organically pretty good at choosing who, who's better to answer your question. But one of us, I guarantee you, will get back to you within 24 hours on something. Um, and, and, you know, or just send us a direct message or send us however you want to get a hold of us. You know, a carrier pigeon, two, two cans in a string, it does, whatever it is, <laughs> we'll answer you. Um, and, uh, and I have one question for you. When are you going to have us over to Scotland for a workshop? <laughs> I'll send it you guys. We'll get you for soon. How about that? All right. <laughs> I love it. Question is, though, boys, do you want the whiskey as well? Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Love it. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. <laughs> right. Jim's a Scotch guy. Yeah, I'm a Scotch guy. So I uh, hope that's okay. He sort of talked to me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Cool. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time once again, guys. Uh, been great chatting to you both. You too. Thank Thanks you. for having us on. Perfect. Appreciate Thanks. it. Take care of me. Hi. Hi, guys. Really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Monarch Team Performance Podcast. I just wanted to say thank you for your continued support to the show. We're slowly growing each week and getting more and more downloads, which is truly incredible for such a niche-specific podcast. The continued support us can ask you to do me a simple favor. First of all, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using so you can receive each new episode as soon as it's released. Secondly, if you found something educational, if it made you see a different perspective, or if you took something away from this podcast that made you better, please leave us a review as it means a lot to me, and please share the show. This will help us to grow the show and really get this information out to a lot more people.